You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. The Indomitian Sioux interview coming a little bit later in the show. And that that is something that, you know, I think it's pretty clear he is the biggest name we've had on this show without question. Uh, and that's, that's a cool moment for us. So I hope you enjoy that conversation. Uh, much like Darius Slay, this was a, an opportunity I got before the draft uh, at a Nike event. I got to talk to Ndamukong, and this was before he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, I actually had a question in there about what was next for him, and and uh, decided not to play his answer because you know what, it doesn't matter, and we know the answer. Uh, he has a new home, but. There is still some some interesting anecdotes about his time, you know, playing the Packers and and what that meant to him and and his relationship to the team. So, we're going to get to that in just a little bit, but in the spirit of what's going on in the NBA, because I think there are some Bucks fans out there that are frustrated with what's going on with Milwaukee. And Chris Middleton gets a big contract and Malcolm Brogdon doesn't and Brooke Lopez gets a big contract. And we're not here to talk about the Bucks. But the frustration is building a team now that is locked into a core. Giannis needs to get the Supermax sooner rather than later. You have Middleton on this deal. You have Bledsoe on a new deal. The core of this team is under contract now. And there was a lot of discussion around the Aaron Rodgers deal. What is that going to mean for this team? What does that look like for the Packers? Can they still compete Moving forward, paying all of this money to Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's all of these discussions. Oh, well, if you have a quarterback on these high-dollar deals, you can't compete for Super Bowls. I just don't buy it. The Saints, with Drew Brees on a huge contract, have been really good for a really long time. The Packers, with Aaron Rodgers, when he has had top-of-market deals or something close to it, they've competed. Tom Brady got a top-of-market deal in his prime. They continued to compete for Super Bowls. This is, it is, if you pay a really good quarterback to be a really good quarterback, and he is a really good quarterback, then you don't have any problems, right? If you pay a player to be a player that he becomes, then you have gotten commensurate value by very definition. So, this this idea that you you are paying Aaron Rodgers too much to be useful in the future, it's just not true. And the Packers are in a position where their core 
is more or less intact. So you have Aaron Rodgers. Well, they're young players. Don't need contracts. Devontae Adams just got paid. David Bakhtiari is going to need a new contract, but not until 2021. Kenny Clark is going to need a new contract sooner rather than later. But you look at this roster and you say, okay, they, they just made these big signings and all that stuff matters. But Mike Daniels comes off the books next year. Jimmy Graham is probably going to get cut. And so if he does, that's a big spot that the Packers get to excise off their cap. Brian Bulaga, not under contract. Lane Taylor, not under contract. If Elton Jenkins can come in and be a starting left guard, you let Lane Taylor walk. Not a problem. You have an heir apparent. If you want to cut Jimmy Graham, you just invested in Jay Sternberger. You have Robert Tanyan. And tight end is one of those positions where you can find bodies. Not a problem financially. You're not pouring resources into that position. Right now, Green Bay has very little financial capital invested in the cornerback position. Tremont Williams, probably not going to be on the roster past 2019. Well, Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson are on rookie contracts, and Kevin King, he needs a a new contract before those guys, but only by a year. He's still under contract for the next two seasons, 2019 and 2020. And then, so that means they have time to make decisions on whether or not they think he is a part of their future. Can he stay healthy? We're going to see. If he stays healthy this year, He's probably going to get a new contract. What that contract looks like financially, obviously, we have to wait and see. It depends on how well he plays. If Kevin King goes out and is a pro bowler, well, then you got to give him a bigger contract. That remains to be seen. Blake Martinez needs to get paid, but at the same time, you have Warren Burks. And, you know, maybe Blake Martinez is not ideally suited for the modern NFL, and, and maybe you feel like you can upgrade down the road. The Packers have the money to pay him. Not a big deal. The skilled players on offense, Devontae Adams, is loaded up with a big deal. Geronimo Allison is on a very team-friendly number for 2019. He's going to need a long-term contract if he performs well, but if he doesn't, this is not a a major financial investment. The same is true for Jamon Moore, for Equinemius St. Brown, and for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Those guys are on rookie contracts. So they are under team control for two more seasons after this one, after 2019. So if they outperform, and we talked about MVS yesterday, if he outperforms his contract, Green Bay has him at a team-friendly number for a couple more years. So the Packers are not in a position financially where Aaron Rodgers' contract is a huge problem for them. Now, what will be a huge problem is particularly in the case of Zadarius Smith. But Preston Smith got a big number. Billy Turner got a big number. Adrian Amos got a big number. If these guys don't play to their contracts, they are harder to get out of than someone like Jimmy Graham, for example, who can just be cut with minimal cap ramifications. And Green Bay has shown, you know, they cut Nick Perry. They said, nope. It's better that you are not on our team. And that's their prerogative to do. But those are the deals that have to work out. Those are the deals that prevent Green Bay from having peak financial flexibility. But they're not 
they're really not that invasive when it comes to what Ross Ball can do financially. So this is not the case. This comparison, if you want to make it between the Bucks and the Packers with this Rodgers contract, the contract does not do for the Packers what this free agency has done for the Bucks. The Packers are not locked into this core. In, in part because in the NFL, you can in, in free agency, you can find bargain guys. In the draft, you can hit on Aaron Jones in the fifth round. You can hit on Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the fifth round. You can find Jake Kumaro as a street free agent. And so the fortunes can change at a different pace. You don't have to have you know, a lottery pick to bring in lottery pick talent in the NFL. You know, we can extrapolate on that metaphor, but you don't need a first round pick to get a player who produces at a high level for you. Now that's true in the NBA too. Obviously, um, you know, some, some famous second round pick cases, but the reason they're famous is because it doesn't happen every year in the NFL undrafted free agents become useful NFL players and, and really become pro bowl players. And every year, day three players become Pro Bowl players. And second and third, fourth round, fifth round picks become high level Pro Bowl. All, and the Packers have a fourth round All Pro in David Bakhtiari. Mike Daniels. Look at, at the players on this team. You can get those guys. So NFL teams, unless they really screw things up, I mean, you have to really actively try to mess up your cap. Especially with the new TV deals, you know, the 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 all the digital players that are gonna come to play, iTunes and Amazon and and Facebook and maybe Google, they're they're gonna want in on these deals. The, the cap is gonna keep going up. And so if the cap keeps going up, Rogers deal becomes more and more friendly with each passing season because the cap keeps going up. And so his number becomes a smaller percentage of that cap. So the financial flexibility that is, you know, supposedly lost is mitigated by the rising cap. Now, if the cap is ever flat or goes down, then you're in trouble. But none of that is imminent for the Packers. They're not really at risk of having to deal with something like that. So as a result, no one has to worry that the Rodgers contract is prohibitive. Now, it is the case that, you know, that that contract makes it harder to sign big name free agents in addition to the ones that they've already signed. This was their spending spree. They locked themselves into those guys at those positions to be sure. But there's not going to be huge pockets of capital moving forward. Now they need to find money for David Bakhtiari. 2021 is still two seasons away, so they have some time on that one. And really, that's the only pressing one aside from Kenny Clark. And and what is a nose tackle really going to command in the NFL, the modern NFL? They don't. It's not like they have an Odell Beckham Jr. that they need to pay. They just paid Devontae Adams. It's not like they have a Patrick Peterson they need to pay. Jair Alexander, Jair, Jair Alexander has three more seasons and a team option. I mean, he is under team control at a team-friendly number for a long time. Darnell Savage, if he is good, and and we think he can be, same deal. Four years now, 
He's got that extra year, obviously, with the with the draft year difference. Four years and a team option. Rashawn Gary, four years and a team option. It's just another reason why having that first round pick, that extra first round pick, is so critical because it helps your team building immensely. You can get a player, or at least you have the opportunity to get a player who can help you and do it at a team friendly price for five years. That is tremendous value for the Packers. And let's hope for everyone's sake that your sex life has four more years in it. But if it doesn't seem like it will, if you're having problems, if you're struggling, that's why we have BlueChew.com. Blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, remember, Blue Chew is not just for people who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants a little extra function to enhance his performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness right now we've got a special deal for our listeners go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code locked on just pay for shipping again that's bluechew.com blue like the color blue promo code locked on to try it for free all right let's get to our interview with indomitian sue he is still a very very good player he is You can take it from me, an enormous human person, and he was a very fun guy to talk to. He, in person, is is very congenial. He is talkative, and and frankly, he's he's got a little charisma. And I I I don't mean that to be damning with faint praise. I mean he is he's a he's an interesting guy to be around. Someone that size, he he's he's very engaging, and I think he gives thoughtful answers. And that was what most struck me when I got the chance to talk to him. I, I do think he's a thoughtful guy, and and I think that you know belies his reputation on the field a little bit. So getting this opportunity and, and getting a chance to bring it to you, I think, is going to be useful. I definitely learned something a little bit more about Indomitian Sue as a person, and I hope you do too. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to wait, but I'll I'll start with it. Okay. I knew that you were a star when, because I'm a writer, Okay. I could spell your name, your first name, without okay. looking it up. Wow, okay, that's impressive, for sure. Because it was everywhere yeah. at a certain point. Like that last year at Nebraska, I've, I still don't think we've seen a year like that. At what point in that season were you like this? Did you ever get to a point where you were like, this is special, this is cool, what's happening, what I'm doing? Yeah, I'd probably say that time frame was when uh, Thursday night football playing against uh, Mizzou at Mizzou and uh, our coach pulled our defense to the sideline and was like, uh, we need to get a turnover. Uh, and I was fortunate enough, one of my teammates popped up uh, or hit an interception or hit a, hit the ball and I got an interception and the game kind of turned in our favor. Uh, and then you know, hear, heard all the talk about the Heisman and all those different things. And we just knew from that standpoint, we, we had a special defense and we actually ended up breaking some records that year. So it was fun. Did you feel like you should have been that player? In New York? Uh, <laughs> I definitely do, uh, in, in my true opinion. Uh, I think AP agreed with it while they gave me <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a great nod in being player of the year. Uh, but I understand what the Heisman represents, uh, and, and unfortunately I didn't win it. But 
it's it's not going to hurt my feelings more or less. And and I was fortunate enough to to move on, have a great career in the NFL, and uh, and continue on. That felt like a tipping point to me, where I was like, if he's not going to win it, they're just never going to give it to a defensive player. That's that <laughs> is that how it seems? Like they just they'd rather give it to a quarterback or a running back. Uh, I think they look at the the Heisman as a, someone who's leading a team from a perspective of getting them wins and doing different things and. Uh, the notion of that uh, overall ethos is that being an offensive player uh, versus being a defensive player. You can't, they can't somehow calculate that a defensive player can help a team win games. But we proved as a defense in, in uh, at Nebraska in 09 that fall that our defense can shut down pretty much any offense. And if uh, we can't score points, we'll score points ourselves. There was a rivalry uh, that I felt like didn't get enough attention as a rivalry, and that was you against T.J. Lang and Josh Sitton. Okay, yeah. Because in the trenches, we don't we don't talk about those kind of matchups. We talk about Julio Jones against Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. What was it like going up against those guys twice every year? I was great. Uh, I truthfully loved going against Josh. Josh have a lot of respect for a guy that uh, unfortunately is retiring this year that I just saw. Uh, but uh, I've got a lot of respect for him and, and got to share some time with him at the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think it was in 14 or something like that. And uh, actually, the, the Green Bay staff was there as well. So it was cool to, to get to see him in a different element rather than bashing our heads against each other, uh, for lack of better words. But he's a good dude. Uh, spent some time with him outside of that. And then TJ, I uh, got respect for him as well. Um, I, I think he's a he was a great guard, and I think he retired as well mm-hmm. this year. So. Uh, there's a lot of uh, good guards that uh, over the years are starting to retire, and I got to come in with a new crop. I need some some guys to, to beat up on. <laughs> <laughs> it did seem like it was one of those things where there was certainly no love lost mm-hmm. between you guys. Uh, did, when when I'm trying to think of the year, I think it was 14 mm-hmm. in Lambeau. Yep. Rogers goes out, and yep. you guys are up. Yep. Were you like, this is the year? Ah, uh, for sure. I mean, we always felt that. Uh, we always felt we had an opportunity to to beat Rogers whether he was in the game or not. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him uh, and what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, but definitely, definitely didn't fear him. But uh, we, we always felt we had an opportunity to go out there and beat them. It was just a matter of us putting together on all sides. Uh, we had to play pretty much a perfect game, uh, which when you're playing at the high level of football, you gotta, you gotta play close to perfect to beat teams, especially uh, when you're away. Uh, we were fortunate we could beat them at home, but for whatever reason, we couldn't get them on the road. So. Um, it is what it is, and uh, maybe I'll have an opportunity to go and play against them sometime soon or, or join them. Mm-hmm. Well, so you got to play in L.A. last year, mm-hmm. uh, and there's been a lot of conversation about Sean McVay, teams looking for the next Sean McVay, obviously. Yep. Uh, is there something that you think is not discussed about Sean that makes him special? It's Because it seems like it's more than just the scheme part of it that makes him a special coach. I think Sean is a special person. Uh, and he's come from a great heritage. He's got a great father. Spent a lot of time with his father as he was around the facility last year uh, and, and whatnot. And so he's very smart uh, with regard to putting again putting together great offenses and game plans and things of that nature. And we got to talk a lot about uh, the other side of the ball uh, and how he would protect against myself and Aaron and whatnot. So it helped me educate and see how people would do different things. But he's just overall a great person. Uh, I, I would have to give you examples of 
things that uh, would make him why he's such a great person, but I, I have to keep those in-house uh, <laughs> and whatnot. But he's just, I mean, just one of a kind. Uh, I, I won't ever say that he's the best coach I've ever been. The reason being is because I felt that's Jim Caldwell, uh, but him and Jim Caldwell are neck and neck for being the best coaches I've ever, I've ever had. All right, I want to thank Indomitian Sue for joining the program and remind you that for the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed at LockedOnNBA.net. It's an awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency at LockedOnNBA.net. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow and a lot more to talk about this week and in the coming weeks We are now under three weeks before training camp opens, and there is still a lot to be decided on this Packers team. Not necessarily roster spots, depth chart shenanigans, shuffling, all that stuff. And, you know, we're NBA Summer League's on. So that means the NFL preseason is not too far away. So that means we're going to have actual real-life football to be talking about very, very soon. So get excited for that remember you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes leave us a rating five stars a review let us know what you think what's going on in your life why you found locked on packers how you found it why you like it uh maybe i've been i've been searching for chocolate chip cookie recipes if you have one of those send it over leave it in the reviews uh and if you have a question you can ask me on twitter you can Ask the podcast on Twitter. Pick one, pick both. A lot of people just end up tagging both feeds. That's me at Peter underscore Bukowski. The podcast is at Locked on Packers. And I'll see them both. Trust me, I will see them both. So hit me up and and ask your questions there. Some of them I'll answer in real time. And some of them I will save for the podcast because I think that the listenership uh, wants to know. I think they want to know the answers to those questions. So hit me up there. And anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. The number 920-341-3775. Send me a text. Leave a voicemail. If you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have criticisms, if you have feelings about all of these Disney remakes, send them to the Locked On Packers fan hotline and let me know how you are staying Locked on Packers.